Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm Rachel Porter. Yay! <laughs> Rachel's filling in. <laughs> Rachel's filling in for KW, who's out for a little bit longer, so we want to thank Rachel for stepping in and yeah. guest hosting with us. I'm so excited to be back. It's been a long time since I've been on the pod. It has, yeah. And I think the last time you were on, you might have been with kw and not me i don't remember yeah maybe it's it's been a while it has yeah. or we were t- <laughs> or we were talking about the mass singer not unlikely <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm very excited today we're gonna talk about fantasy specifically we're gonna sort of go between epic fantasy and romanticy which is a new term that has been coined for romantic fantasy and do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about why we're putting those two things together? <laughs> I do. So <laughs> you had watched and loved Will of Time on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, and had been basically trying to get me and to a lesser extent <laughs> KW to watch it because we're you and I are both big fantasy fans, and mm-hmm. we've connected on fantasy in other areas too. And I I knew that you loved Rings of Power so much. So I saw. I see them as a little bit similar, and I was like, if you like that, I think you might like this one, too. So Yes, and then you read the first book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is named A Court of Thorns and Roses, and were saying that you might not keep going, and I couldn't handle that (laughs) for multiple reasons, which we'll get into some of them, but I said, I will watch Wheel of Time if you read the next book. And that is what you said, the, yeah. The hook was baited. Um, <laughs> and you just kept going with the books. And I watched Wheel of Time. Did you love it? Yes, I think I I, I maybe got the better end of that deal in the end. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Because I loved Wheel of Time and you maybe did not love... <laughs> yeah and we can get we can get into that but that's more a personal thing like yeah i knew wheel of time was gonna be up your alley and i appreciated the court of thorns and roses series because you and some of my other friends really really liked it so i was like oh i could talk about it with them so that was nice yes it's always fun to be able to connect over media exactly so now that you have finished you finished both seasons of wheel of time which i I think we both went further than we <laughs> were expected to because <laughs> we went past the terms. <laughs> I asked you to watch the first season and you asked me to read the second book. And then I ended up reading books two and three and you end up watching both seasons one and two. So now that you've finished them and you got to <laughs> listen to me on the pod, just be crazy about it (laughs) what are your thoughts well i loved it even though (laughs) it was very mean at all times and extremely stressful stressful. yes it was i was really glad to have somebody who'd already seen it that i could be really reactive to Mm -hmm. and know that i was never going to spoil you (laughs) so it was very fun for me to like basically all caps scream at you online and be like what did you do to me i gave you a nice book about fairies and this is what you have provided me (laughs) it's just extremely stressful something very stressful where people die people die 
an animal dies. That was very upsetting. Yeah. That happens in the last episode of season two for anyone who needs to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And it, But you took very good care of me through those things. You were like my guide, <laughs> which was really nice. I loved the story. I loved the characters. Well, I loved the female characters. The men were fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, some of the men are great. You love Perrin. I love Perrin and I love Loyal. Mm-hmm. And I think we ha- we have a soft spot for Matt because like he's just, you know, he's doing badly. I mean, he's a wounded puppy. Yeah. And so we have to root for him at least. <laughs> and Rand is, you know, he's whatever. He's fine. He's 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 Rand. He's Rand. He's also trying his best. <laughs> he is trying his best. And it's not, none of none of the main male characters are in any way upsetting or bad to me exactly. Mm-mm. Except for of course Ishamael. Ishamael. Ashamael. Yes, the yeah. names in this show were difficult to learn. <laughs> For a long time, Rachel called Rand the red-headed dragonette. Yes. I loved in season one, you didn't really know people's names, and you were like, the dragonettes for all the, <laughs> the five kids who could possibly be the dragon reborn, and I thought that was really cute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I should learn names until I'm really invested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what if they die? <laughs> yes, I had nicknames for several people. I will not say what I called Leandrin because this is a positively <laughs> this is a positive podcast. <laughs> but I did not care for her. That was the one thing we disagreed on. I was like, she's so evil and great, and you're like, yeah, she's evil. That means she's not great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do not like um, this woman, Carrie. I think you're distracted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was it was a very fun show. It was really fun to watch it with you, and I liked that in season two we were able to watch some of the episodes together, and you rewatched mm-hmm. with me. That was fun. That was fun. I loved Nynaeve and Egwene. Those were easily my favorite two. Yes. I'm excited for season three, but really relieved to have a little bit of a break Mm -hmm. because (laughs) it is a very emotionally draining show. Like it's one that as much as I liked it, I never could do two episodes in a row. And I usually took several days between episodes. (laughs) Yeah. And that is not always like me. You know, that when I'm really into something, I lose time, essentially. Mm-hmm. But this one, I had to have breaks because it was so emotionally intensive. Yes, it's pretty intense. And I love that you liked it and stuck with it, even though it was so intense. Yeah, me too. It The payoff was really good for the show. Great. Yeah, it it was a, it's a strong series. I... One of the men I did really like also was Lan. We both love Lan. Oh, yeah. We both love Lan. <laughs> yeah. And and we both want Maureen to treat him better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they're in a good place at the after the last season or the last episode of season two. So Yes. They seem to have come back together well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know at one point, speaking of nicknames, I said, well, it wasn't really a nickname, but I said that Maureen was the silliest of geese. And you really enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed that so much because she's so serious. And then, but the way you're saying that she's very silly is that she's not confiding in her friends and the people who love her. She's not really asking for help. She's just sort of 
barreling ahead and trying to fix things on our own and it's like stop being silly and accept help and accept love (laughs) yes exactly i was just like would you please accept the love of the people around you this is all you need to do you do not have to do this all by yourself (laughs) yeah and it cost her so much to do it all by herself it did and that's really sad yeah and i hope that she learned a, a very dear lesson i hope she did too We'll see. I have my doubts, but I hope so. (laughs) I love Moraine, and I love that you called her a silly goose. (laughs) Yeah, I do like her very much. I like most of the um, oh, what the wisdoms? The what are their little groups called? The blues and the browns. Oh yeah, the Ajas. Yes, I love most of the wisdoms in the Ajahs. I would absolutely be a brown Aja, no question. <laughs> they do yeah. not seem to have to go to war. They get to read. They get to read books. This seems nice. <laughs> yeah, I thought they really showcased the brown Aja very well in season two. I was excited. Yes. Something I'm hoping for, and I'm jumping all over the place, but what I really hope in the next season is that Loyal gets a little bit more screen time because he's mm-hmm. awesome. He's great. He's so great. And he doesn't have a ton of like backstory yet. We don't know a super ton about him or about his sort of race, I guess. Right. And we don't have, like, we haven't seen anyone else like Loyal. And I, I hope for more out of that. Yes. That's a that's a great hope. You know, I didn't even really consider that because I have been reading the book, so I know more about him. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just like, oh, that's maybe we'll get that in the future. Hopefully we will. But, you know, I didn't even really realize that for non-book readers, yeah, he's the only one of his kind so far. And that, yeah, we don't really know a lot about him, so... Yeah, you're right. I I hope that we get more about him in season three. And season three has been, I think it's been filming, so it it has been uh, greenlit, and it will come out at some point. At some point, <laughs> who knows when? <laughs> well, I imagine it'll be a little longer than they planned, given the earlier strikes. But right. I am glad there will be a season three. I have lots of hopes for it. I have not read the books, and mm-hmm. I. I kind of want to now, but I am so picky about adaptations that I feel like I have to wait until the show is totally over. Oh, wow. Before I can read the books. It's going to be a while. It's going to be like two decades. (laughs) Yes, it will be a challenge, but you know that I am really good at consuming all media (laughs) that is related to something I like. I am a completionist. (laughs) So I can hold out. Yes. Well, I hope you get to do that at some point in the future. Thank you for watching season one. I'm really glad that you liked it enough to go to season two. I really enjoyed watching some with you so I could like give you like it was really fun to give you book details and behind the scenes stuff. Be like, Yeah, I love that. Or I could tease things. I was like, wait till you meet this character in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was also something that you i think it was the show it must have been where you said something or didn't say something about something i was worried about and then five minutes later it happened and i was like you sneak (laughs) 
<laughs> you withheld. Yes, I did. I can't remember what yes. that was, but I do. I can't either. I but it was you funny. Yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, "Oh, I can't. I can't tell you that. It's gonna happen in five minutes." <laughs> I know. And as much as if it were reversed, not for this show probably, but a lot of times you don't care about spoilers, and this will transition <laughs> us nicely into the books. Yes. But I do, and I appreciate that you did not uh, alert me about anything. (laughs) Yes, only the important things, like when an animal is going to die. Yes, you let me know that, and you took good care. Yeah. Well, so obviously (laughs) I'm more of the epic fantasy person. I mean, you love epic fantasy, but I love it more than other types of fantasy. Yeah. And you sort of love all kinds of fantasies, so... I do. Let's let's get into this romanticy that you're sure. very into right now. So you did end up reading both books two and three of A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> uh-huh. And that is oh gosh. A court of mists and fury and a court of wings and ruin. Oh good. And job. these are all by Sarah J. Moss. Mm-hmm. And I love you for reading both of them. <laughs> You're welcome. And I know that there were things about it that were not your favorite, but there were things that you enjoyed as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that what was always fun was you would be like, is this going to happen? What's happening here? And I would be like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or do you really want me to tell you? And then you would most of the time say yes. And then I would. (laughs) (laughs) I like to set up expectations for myself. (laughs) One of the things I really like to do was like, guess who was going to which characters were going to get coupled up. Yes, you did have fun with that. <laughs> and some were right, and some of you were like, no. <laughs> no. Absolutely Definitively not. not. So can you give us an overview of the series, if you can? I know that's kind of it encompasses a lot. But if you could give listeners sort of uh, the gist of it. Sure. I am going to try really hard to do that. <laughs> so the series, as I said, is A Court of Thorns and Roses, by Sarah J. Moss. And so far, there are five books in this. The first one tells the story of Pharaoh, who is at this point a human, and <laughs> she kills a wolf that turns out to have been a member of the Fae. And as her punishment for doing this, she is taken captive by Tamlin, who is one of the immortal fairies and he is like the summer king the spring king essentially i don't know the the different courts in the world of fairy are divided into seasons and into times of day essentially mm-hmm. and so tamlin is the person who's in charge of the court of spring and so Farah, in her captivity, falls for her capture, as it were, and a romance ensues. And there's a whole lot of other stuff that happens. A lot. <laughs> you know, the first book was not my super favorite either. Okay. And when I first read it, I was like, I don't know why there's so much hype around this series. But I kept going. And then I was so all in. I read <laughs> the other four books in like a span of two weeks, which is... <laughs> a tremendously dramatic amount of pages. Yes, they're really long. They're like yes. 700 pages. And three of those books I read in about four days or five days. And you would be <laughs> like, Rachel, what are you doing? 
<laughs> Whenever I'd be like, okay, so I've read half of the 768 page books since yesterday when, you know, we last yeah. spoke. I was like, what? I've read 10 pages of my book. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I was saying. When I'm all in on something, usually I am fully consumed and all in. And this series absolutely did that to me. And so anyway, Farah ultimately stays in fairy and i can't say too too much about the rest of the plot without giving away some pretty key twists and turns but there is ultimately a battle between different segments of the land of fairy and this basically where the high king of highburn which is one of the lands wants to take down the wall between the land of fairy, which is called Prithian, and the human world, because there's a wall that separates them to keep both safe from each other, essentially. Mm -hmm. And the High King wants to take down this wall. And so the main plot, especially of the first three books, is getting to this giant battle and fighting this out. And I can't, like I said, I can't say a ton about everything else in it because it will give away a lot. But some other key characters are Ryzand, who is the High Lord of the Night Court. There, And then there's kind of a family around him that includes uh, Morgan. It includes, ne- uh, not Nesta. Nesta is Feyre's sister. <laughs> it includes Amran. It includes Cassian. Um, and it includes, um, oh my goodness, why can't I remember? Asriel. Asriel. It has been a few months since I finished reading all of these, and I read them, <laughs> as I mentioned, extremely quickly. Yeah. So <laughs> I have to be reminding myself of some of the plot points. That's okay. So the first three really cover that whole battle. Then there's kind of a transitional, almost a novella called A Court of Frost and Starlight, which is like. A novella that takes place at what is the equivalent of sort of a holiday season. It's around the winter solstice, which is a really big deal. The solstices are all big deals in Prithian. And then there's A Court of Silver Flames, which picks up from one of the characters from the first set of books, becomes more the center. That is really kind of launching what seems to be a next set of stories. And I don't know specifically when another book will come out or even 100% if, but I'm pretty sure that there it is continuing. And it is incredibly popular, so I would be surprised if it was not. Yeah, same. And I think a lot of the things I just described are things that you liked about it. Yeah. Right? Like the epic battle, the fight for... Right kind of saving humankind from mm-hmm. Fae, all of that, and all the things that went into that, which is a lot of magic, it's a lot of like special relics, there are a lot of cool characters that you come across. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other half of the book, which is where the romanticy comes in. Yeah. And <laughs> there is a lot of romance. There is. Some of it is, let's say, NC-17 rated romance, at least. <laughs> It gets pretty spicy, which I enjoy, but... (laughs) I don't love as much. You don't love as much, yeah. (laughs) So that, between the kind of epic battles, there are these small but epic 
romantic relationships and pairings. And those are of equal importance to Mm -hmm. the stuff that you might usually associate with high fantasy. Right. Yeah. What I thought was kind of interesting was, like you mentioned, book one is very different than the rest. It's really self-contained. You're kind of in the spring court for a long time and you go to one other place at the end to confront evil people and you get a little bit of the world building there, but it's very much like the story could end at the end of it. It could. Yeah. But she takes it in a whole new direction in book two and expands the world a lot. You get to see the other courts and meet a whole bunch of other people and see the world building and do some cool quests and things like that, which is uh, book two was my favorite. Yeah, I loved book two. I really enjoyed it. I kept my attention. So I just thought it was interesting that she sort of, I don't know if she planned that all out from the beginning or if book one got popular and they were like, do you want to write some sequels? And she was like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. It it feels like such a different tone, book one, than it does from the rest of the series. So I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting because we both, I would assume, or I'm going to assume for you, but I think we both think it's the weakest of the series. Is that correct? It is for me, yeah. Yeah, so I think if you, if listeners are out there, they go read book one and are like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Just try <Push> book through. two. <laughs> yes. Just keep going for a bit and see if you like book two. Yeah, it really does expand the whole world. And it really turns a lot of what you thought about book, some people in book one upside down mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. Which I loved. I really liked also, you mentioned we met the other courts. I really loved the High um, high Lord of Summer, the Summer Court. And I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, I'm like, wait. But <laughs> he was just, he was a really genuinely, like, lovely person, essentially. And a lot of the High Lords of Fairy are manipulative and have mm-hmm. lots of agendas going on at the same time. And... Many of them are not to be trusted, and there are a lot of like allegiances that are fragile at very best. And it was nice to have the high print, high lord of summer really just being this guy who didn't have all that extra everything. Yeah, I just looked it up. Is that Tarquin? Yes, okay, Tarquin, and he just seemed like a genuine, genuine dude, and that was nice in this world. <laughs> For sure. And then they stole from him. They did steal from him. <laughs> yes. I was like, what are you guys doing? This is a nice guy. I know. Okay. I know. There were times where you would say to me, why won't they just talk to people? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, before I did my little tangent, you were going to talk about, I think, the romantic aspects of this more. So do you want to talk about why romance in fantasy works so well for you? Well, so I've been thinking about this since we talked about doing this podcast together. And honestly, I really love the romance genre and I really love the fantasy genre. And I think blending them is just my catnip. Mm -hmm. And really, most of the romance genre, especially like rom-commy things or whatever, it's fantasy too. Yeah. It's completely fantasy. It's just a little bit of a different kind. It doesn't necessarily involve mythical creatures. It doesn't necessarily involve other worlds, but it does involve fantasy Mm -hmm. because 
dear listeners, most romance does not happen in the way that it does in romance books. And it's just nice to have this sort of escapist idea. And so I think it blends really well into the fantasy genre because it is also fantasy. It's just a different kind. Right. And there's also like bringing some of the tropes of romance books and rom-com books into fantasy is comforting to me. I'm realizing as I'm talking because you know where the romances are going. Generally speaking. Well, you might. I didn't know all of them. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. I mean in romance books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like in a rom-com, you kind of know who's going to be together in the end. You know it's going to be a happy ending. Mm -hmm. And a happily ever after is like guaranteed in most romance. Yeah. And so bringing that into fantasy is just really, really nice. And it doesn't always mean happily ever after. Like... There's another book series by Melanie Ron, The Dragon Prince, and I think the second half of it is called The Dragon Star, but it's really one six-book series instead of two trilogies, in my opinion. Okay. And that definitely has a lot of romance elements, and they are definitely not all happily ever after, (laughs) but there is still something that it's just like you can connect to in a really comforting way that's almost a little bit more grounded in the reality that we know. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we don't know the world of fairy. We're not really going to Prithian. Yeah. (laughs) But we understand how love works. And that's nice. That's a good point. Yeah, it sort of grounds the characters. Because I know it's hard for people to get into fantasy sometimes because everything seems so strange. Mm -hmm. So the idea that they still have, like, relatable emotions can help people get more into it. I agree. And I I hope that with romanticy being this really blooming genre right now, I really hope it helps people find their way to other kinds of fantasy because, I mean, it's a whole world out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there are so many different subgenres of fantasy. And I, so far, like pretty much all of them. Nice. And I, I I really hope for, you know, a lot of people that this can be an inroad into a lot of different worlds. That is a good hope, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think Harry Potter served that purpose for a lot of people, too. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything sort of... And Twilight. Twilight serves that purpose. Yeah. Because those are a little more approachable than, like, as much as I love Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, some of his writing is not super approachable. Mm-hmm. Or same with, like, I'm looking at my shelf, so, like, same with... A Song of Ice and Fire, George R. R. Martin's big series. Yeah. Not super approachable. And if you see also Robert Jordan's books, Will of Time, how many books are in that now? 14. 14? <laughs> Actually, 15 with the prequel. <laughs> ah, 15 with the prequel. So yeah, I think this subgenre hopefully will open the doors to that that might have mm-hmm. seemed intimidating before. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Especially because like Harry Potter and Twilight, they are more connected to the real world. Yeah. But they take you into a fantasy world. But at this, with uh, the Court of Thorns and Roses, it's all a fantasy world, but you also have the humans Mm -hmm. to sort of serve as, you know, reader inputs. And like, we are learning everything along with Feyre because she's a human and she's entering the fairy world. So it's more, uh, it eases you into it more, I guess. Yeah. And 
Definitely. Like, <laughs> I so since I read that, I have gone all in on Sarah J. Moss pretty much. And I went <laughs> also into um, Rebecca Yarrow's Empyrean yes. series, which is Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. Yes, I was going to ask you about those. They're so good. There are dragons. <laughs> um, dragons. Yeah. But like Sarah J. Moss is the other series of hers I've read so far is Crescent City. And that does not ease you into anything <laughs> you are dumped into a world and you are like, like grabbing nope. onto any fact you can to try to figure it out but she does not ease you in <laughs> nice but fourth wing does okay it's humans it's a human world where just humans can do various magics and there are dragons there are dragons there are dragons awesome. <laughs> that's what i want our world to be like I know. And the dragons are super connected to the people and for the writers, at least. There are different kind of classes of people. Okay. And one of them are writers, which they ride the dragons. And when they're when they bond with the dragon, you have to bond with the dragon before you can ride the dragon. Of course. Yeah. Yes. So when you bond with the dragon, your magic and the dragon's magic sort of bond together as well, I guess. And this the human develops what's called a signet power mm. that is powered by the dragon's magic. Oh. Yeah. So fun. humans without the dragon bond can do smaller magics, lesser magics for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, like they could, I don't know, float a pencil across the room to get to them or something. <laughs> but humans with the signet power of the dragon can do amazing, astonishing things. Nice. That sounds really cool. Big, big magics. Yeah. So this is set at like a war college i don't know a lot about it i've heard a little yes bit. so in empyrean there what again i have to kind of think about how i can say some things without giving away kind of big <laughs> plot points yeah there was a battle that sort of divided the con these couple of countries where and now they're kind of locked into an uneasy peace with a lot of skirmishes Slash battles still breaking out. Okay. And so the people are in a war college. And I don't actually know how many people don't enter any part of the war college. Because there are different roles within that college. So you can be a scribe. Which, again, this is what I would be. No thank you to war. <laughs> no thank you to feats of amazing accomplishment. Give me books. But, um... The scribes are responsible for history. Like, truly, they are responsible for the history of the world. Okay. And for making sure that the ongoing events get told into history. Nice. And then there are infantry, which from what I... We don't spend a lot of time with infantry, but from what I can tell, they're kind of like our military. Okay. And then there are riders. And the riders are the people who get to bond with dragons. But they have to go through the first year of this war college first and it is okay. most like most of the cadets die Ooh. trying to get through this <laughs> Yikes. many cadets die before they even technically enroll because you have to do this first challenge where you have to cross what's called the parapet which is essentially a very thin kind of like balance beam ish Ooh. thing but it's like part of the building it's not <laughs> A separate thing and it's way up high in the elements you know rain wind whatever it is right, yeah. slippery it is all the things and so before they can even enroll in the college they have to get across that 
Wow. And like some percentage of them die doing that. Okay. I know that people want tough soldiers, but it seems like <laughs> if they're at war, <laughs> are they concerned that so many of their cadets are dying? No. <laughs> okay. They consider that uh, weeding people out who weren't going to be strong enough. Okay. And one of the things that's happening is that fewer and fewer dragons every year are willing to bond mm. because the dragons are in charge of themselves. Nice. The dragons do not answer to humans. Dragon so, autonomy. Dragon autonomy. And there's a point where a human tries to override that and it doesn't go well for that human. I bet not. It did not. And that person was a real POS. So <laughs> <laughs> there was some cheering. Nice. So the dragons have to be willing to bond. Mm -hmm. And every year there's less that are. And so even you can get through all of these horrific challenges as a rider and then still be unbonded at the end. And then you have to do it all again the next year. You have to do it all again? They don't just let you wait? Nope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have to do it. I think you even have to do the parapet again. <laughs> wow. Yep. So it's a brutal, it's it's a brutal world. <laughs> yeah, this one seems a bit more brutal than Sarah J. Mass. In a world. lot of ways, I think you would like it more than A Court of Thorns and Roses. And then there okay. are other ways where I'm like, nope, this is not for Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stick, I mean, I'll, I'll stick to book seven of The Wheel of Time for now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but maybe if I can get this on audiobook from the library, maybe I will do that. Although I'm sure there's a really long wait. Uh, it, <laughs> I signed up, funny story, I signed up for Fourth Wing and Iron Flame from the library, digital library at the same time, because, and Iron Flame had just come out when I signed up for Fourth Wing. Right. And the wait for Fourth Wing was so long, I ended up getting, or I would have gotten Iron Flame first if I had not put a two-week pause on it. Yeah, that's so funny. I know. <laughs> I was like, what? Because, yeah, I guess more people... If the second one comes out, they're like, wait, I got to read the first one. <laughs> exactly. But it was great. It was about a two-month wait. Very worth it to me. Okay, great. So as we start to wrap up, can you or do you have any other romanticy recommendations for people? Not off the top. I haven't gotten too far into the new books of the genre yet. Okay. I can tell you that next on my list is this book you actually told me about, Promised in Fire okay. by Jasmine Walt. Right. And I don't really know a ton about it, but it looked interesting and it was well enough rated on uh, Goodreads. But I also, you just started reading Mortal Follies by Alexis Hall, right? Yes. Yeah. And that is romanticy? I I guess so. I'm still sort of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be romanticy. When I think of romance, or when I thought of romanticy for a long time, I was always picturing epic fantasy, and this is more. This takes place in sort of a the Regency era. Oh, okay. Of our actual world. Oh. But there's just magic added in. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. But yeah, it's it's very good. Yeah, I know you were liking it, so that's on my list also. But I haven't read those yet. Cool. Yeah, and I found. Promise and Fire, it was called, mm -hmm. through TikTok. So I actually haven't read it or I don't know a lot about it. But I hope you like it. I do too. And so in answer, no, I don't have specific recommendations. <laughs> That's okay. But I have some things I'm looking forward to reading. Awesome. 
All right. Are there any other thoughts you want to get out before we wrap up? No, I think this was a great chat and I loved being back here. Yay. I'm glad. Well, do you want to tell people where they can find Wheel of Time and the books that we talked about? I sure do. So Wheel of Time is available (laughs) on Amazon Prime. Both seasons are free with a Prime membership. And then A Court of Thrones and Roses series, Empyrean series, all of those, they are available wherever you might get books. So I got them through the library slash through Carrie, who gifted me a couple of the Court of Thrones and Roses books. (laughs) And can get it from your local books bookstore or anywhere else you buy books yes i got the audiobooks from the library and i also borrowed the physical copies from a friend so they're popular enough that you can probably just borrow it from someone yes probably (laughs) so next time we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff so be sure to join us then our theme music is by joseph mcdade you can find our website at positivelypopculture.com And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.